Secret Dinosaur Cult. Secret Dinosaur Cult. Secret Dinosaur Cult. Josie Hagen, Asaurus, and Jodie Mitchell, a doll, have daddy issues that they go to tackle her doll. You are listening to Secret Dinosaur Cult, a comedy podcast in which we try to figure out who we are through the medium of dinosaurs. I'm Jodie Mitchell, and this is Sophie Hagen. Hello. I think I drank a Coca-Cola too quickly. <laughs> I'm feeling a light buzz and a lot of bloating. When, uh, when I... Um I'm a bit stressed. What I will do is I'll um, I'll just I'll I'll create projects that are way too much. Mm. And what I did, without asking Jody, was I just decided to to send a lot of badges to the whole world. The whole world, yes. <laughs> Very oh my far god! Away. And I was like, oh, Jody, I think I've done a thing. And I was just sitting amongst like hundreds of envelopes, just stuffing badges in. It's taking me three days. I was like, Jody, I'm, I'm sending out badges to Brazil. <laughs> she, was, she was sitting in a, a sort of palace of stamps. And I was <laughs> crying at the edge. My tears soaked into the stamps. And then they were ruined forever. We wept for days, didn't we? I sent so many. I was at the post <laughs> office. I was like, what is it? Um, so it's badges. Oh, are you, oh, so you're selling. No? I'm just uh, sending them to people who asked on Twitter if they could have a badge. Yeah. We sent them all over New Zealand. I, I, I'm, so I'm getting the tweets now where people are saying, I just received it. I'm like, what did you receive? Oh, yeah, three weeks ago I sent a badge to New Zealand. <laughs> Great. Do you so feel satisfied by it, though? It was a very oh, satisfying task. I was quite jealous that you had it, actually. Yeah. Mm. It was really good. It's very, there's something very therapeutic about just stuffing things in envelopes. Yeah. But I do feel bad that I at no point asked you if I could do it. It's fine. They love the badges. Our children, badges. our children around the world love the badges. <laughs> <sighs> it's one of those times, isn't it? <laughs> I have said every single day for about three weeks, I've said, oh, what a day. And now I think it's just, ah, oh, life. <laughs> every day is like, oh, God, another day. That's a lot of days. They keep coming. But you know, there's a lot. There's a lot of. I think that that's depression. Oh, but but (laughs) what a way to find out. What we can do is, (laughs) we can just look. We can enjoy the the things that you can enjoy when you're feeling like that. For me, sleep. Yeah, sleep. Yeah. Um, enjoying the difference between different fabrics. The watch very hard. May I touch your watch? Mm. But the corduroy very soft. Mm, Very soft. Do you feel better? Sure. Great. I fixed her. <laughs> Let's have the terrible person segment. Are you okay, hon? I'm Jurassic, mate. You're just the worst. Try to top that bitch. Wow, you really are a terrible person. Iguana, don't even get me started. So, you are now members of the cult. Uh, welcome. In each cult, you, you, need, you need a reason. We're going to take you a bit behind the scenes here. When you do run a cult, which is what we do, uh, you need a, to give people a reason to come back. You need to give them a sense of fulfillment. And yes, I know, you already feel it. <laughs> Just from being in our presence, I know. But what we would like to give you as a gift uh, for being such amazing cult members is um, forgiveness. So we would like for you all to imagine the worst thing you've ever done. You're all imagining it. Yeah, a few people are crying. Good. That's what we want. Now, we forgive you. You're welcome. So, Jody, how have you been a terrible person? Um, it happened very recently. I, um, I actually made, as I mentioned in the last episode, um, I discovered the, the wonder that is vulva candles. They're an amazing thing. Um, and I made my partner a vulva candle. Um, and then I, she has a sort of collection of, of candles that were around. And I was lighting another candle. Um, and the vulva candle was sort of propped at an angle against the wall. And I accidentally melted its clit off. 
with a passing flame. Which was horrific. It was horrific. And as I watched the, the melted clip wax sort of flow down the vulva, I felt abject horror. I haven't felt so disgusted with myself. Ever. It was really genuinely horrific. And I, I tried to sort of reshape it, and I couldn't. I just made it worse every time. And I'd like to be forgiven. <laughs> I forgive you, Jodie. We forgive you, Jodie. Thanks, guys. Sophie, mm? how have you been a terrible person? It's a few years ago. Five, six years ago. Uh, so, there was a Danish comedian... Uh, and we'd had sex once a few years before this before I started doing comedy (laughs) who's so happy that I then started doing comedy (laughs) I guess I hope I'll never see her again (laughs) oh every day (laughs) and then he tried he'd asked me to have sex with him a year later where I said no because I had an open can of tuna on my radiator at home so I was like <laughs> no he was like you don't have to lie I was like I'm not I really wish I was but no I just placed an open kind of tune on my radiator and then went out um, and then he was like oh you don't you don't need to lie and I was like no genuinely like I would love to, I would actually love to have sex with you but um, we just can't be at mine and we couldn't be at his and he was like we should go to a hotel and at this point I don't think I'd ever been at a hotel before I was very like, ooh, a hotel. And I felt really, I was like, oh, we don't need a hotel. We can just do it behind a skip somewhere. (laughs) A whole hotel? That's a bit much. And he was like, listen, like, I'm single. I'm fairly famous. I don't have anyone to spend my money on. I'm fine. We can get a hotel. And I was like, okay. So we went to a Hilton. I was like, oh, my God, the Hilton. Ooh. Ooh. And and they only had, it was like late in the evening, and they only had, uh, like, one of the suites. Uh, so I was immediately like, okay, bye-bye. And he was like, no, let's just take the suite. And I was like, holy shit. And um, so we went to this hotel and uh, to the suite, and we had sex. That was fine. It was very good. Very good. If you're listening, it's very good. Uh, <laughs> if his now wife is listening, it's fine. Um, <laughs> it was very sweet. Everything was fine. But then afterwards, he was a bit like, okay, well, we've done that. And I said, jokingly, <laughs> That was a lot of money for <laughs> not that much. <laughs> like, not like not for him. I was like, I had a great time, but you paid for this hotel, and was that worth it? And I said to him, like, you could have, you could, like, if you'd paid a professional, like, you would have gotten more value for your money. Like, I just lay there. Um, you know, post-sex banter. <laughs> and he was like, no, it was fine. And then we... Um, <laughs> And then he was, and I was, I was still being very, whoa, hotel. So he said, listen, why don't you just stay here? Like, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go home, but you can stay here and just, like, spend the night and, I don't know, like, have a bath and, like, do whatever you want. Like, we have the hotel for the night. Why don't you just stay here? And I was like, yeah, great. So he left, uh, shook hands. He left. <laughs> <laughs> and, but I'd forgotten my phone back at the comedy club where, we, where we'd left from. So I, I started trying to call uh, my friends because I was like, I get two breakfasts in the morning. So I should get a friend over so we can have fancy breakfast mm. in the morning. So, but I couldn't, I, didn't rem- I don't remember anyone's number. So I was like calling the number information. I don't know if you have that in this country where you can call and ask w- what people's numbers are. You I don't have that in this country? D- maybe we do, I haven't. They just call and you're like, hello, I need the name for blah, blah. And then they look it up and they're like, where do they live? And I was like, yeah, thereabouts. And then here's their number. Do you have the number for dad? Where- <laughs> Where is he? <laughs> do you know him? And um, so, but oh D A D. Sorry, sorry. Please tell your story. Brown hair, brown eyes, probably. <laughs> um, so, oh my, but I couldn't get a hold of any of my friends and the ones I because it was the middle of the night, uh, and I didn't want to fall asleep because. Um, because I didn't have a, an alarm clock because I had my phone. So I just like emptied the minibar instead. And then when it was time to morning, I went back down to the breakfast. And it was like a lot of businessmen and then me sitting in like my <laughs> drunken clothes. And um, so I had the breakfast. I went back up. I uh, had a shower. I checked out. Uh, and then I, well, I went to check out. And the, the lady behind the counter said, um, yeah, that'll be... It was like 70 pounds because when you call the number information thing, that's oh, money. 
like five five pounds a minute or something oh, or per phone call. And I was like, oh yeah, um, we can just uh, put it on the put it on the card, right? And she was like, um, no, I mean, because he left, so you have to pay for this. And I had literally zero money on my account, and I was like, um, are you sure you can't just from the card that paid for the room? And she was like, no, we can't do that unless the person is present. And I was like, um, but, um, um, are you sure? And she said, well, I, I can only do it if, um, like if it's your boyfriend. And I was like, <laughs> and I said, excuse me, excuse me. <laughs> do you think <laughs> that I came here with a stranger? What do you think I am? Of course it's my fucking boyfriend. She was like, I'm so sorry, miss. I was like, yeah. And she took it from his card. <laughs> oh, I shoved all women under the truck for that one. <laughs> Do you think that I am a slut? <laughs> oh, God. I forgive you. Thank you. For using the patriarchy against itself. <laughs> we forgive you. Thank you. <sighs> Do you feel good? I do. That's it's a good evening. Great ingenuity <laughs> on your part. <laughs> Who do you think I am? So much fun. Well, we've already talked about him a bit. Um, but it's time for us to discuss, to discuss the daddy hole segment. Um, as is our want at this part of the show. And you went last time. So it's my turn to improvise the daddy hole jingle. <clears throat> I can't get off my high horse and I can't let you go. You are the one that gave me emotional scars that feel so real. Oh, what am I supposed to do, Daddy? Oh, what am I supposed to do when I'm partially financially dependent on you? Then I realize, oh, then I realize that you are somebody Else is dead. Do 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 do. Somebody else is dead. So Sophie. How have you? <laughs> no, this sorry, whole please. podcast is just you making people fall in love with you. <laughs> Bearing my soul through song. Um, I'm gonna I need that as a ringtone. Oh yeah, I've got I've already done it, babe. It's fine. Sorted. <sighs> Very well done. So Sophie, yeah. How have you filled your daddy hole this week? I named my plant Plantonio Banderas. <laughs> really good work. And um, did that work? Did he come back? No. Jody, how did you fill your daddy hole this week? Mm. I um, collected all my DVDs and I laid them out in rows and I slowly polished each one. So that it had no scratches. Did it work? Did your dad come back? No. That was that bit. <laughs> I just know that I just know that my mum hasn't listened to that segment. <laughs> I was just waiting for the phone call. <laughs> Do you know if any of your dads have listened to it? <laughs> Wow. <laughs> Could you imagine? Hello. Um, <laughs> I, um, I'm, your, I'm your dad. And um, well, this is a really good podcast you've got there. I hear um, you've been polishing your DVDs. 
If I had only known. <laughs> okay. I believe that it's time to present the dinosaur. It's time to introduce the dinosaur. Which dinosaur? The dinosaur. Yeah, but which one? The one which we project on our shoes on. So, the dinosaur, of which we are about to speak. Sorry, that made me so happy. It <laughs> was so, <laughs> so grand. I loved it. So, uh, it is the Tabosaurus. Ooh. Okay, so, the Tabosaurus looks a lot like a T-Rex. There's very, very minuscule differences between it so the tabasaurus has slightly smaller arms which is a bit so it's like they're Sorry. already quite small have you got a little little photo there well it's not a photo jody <laughs> i do believe it's a drawing there are very few photographers around at well, the they've, time. Down, they've downgraded the three claws to just two yeah it's just two two little claws <laughs> Uh, the it, the Tyrannosaurus Rex is more uh, heavy built, mm. and uh, the Tabosaurus has a more like narrow look. But they're so similar that a lot of paleontologists uh, believe either that it's the same one, but just like different. You know, we're all different, so we're T Rexes. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but because the Tabasaurus is found in Mongolia and China and thereabouts, uh, they do, and it's and it's older than the T Rex. So what they believe has happened is that the Tabasaurus uh, just had a little wander uh, over the land bridge. Yeah, the land, Ooh, the Siberian cool. land bridge yeah. between Asia and North America. Don't ask. But it is pretty cool, you guys. I imagine there was a. I don't know. How does the world look? Who knows? It's really cool. It was literally like a massive, like a massive ice bridge between the was two land masses. Was an ice bridge? Yeah. Is well, I mean, no like arcs or anything. Like no fancy architecture on it. <laughs> like a sort of, I think bridge is a strong word. More like, you know, a bit like an ice road truckers. It's just not. <laughs> it's a bit like that. It's like non-water. Yeah. Okay. Anyways, so they believe that a bunch of Tabasauruses Tabasauri <laughs> walked over to um, to North America and then evolved into the T-Rex. Cool. That's what some people believe. Uh, it's about 10 meters long, as long as a train car. So there we go. We all have something to imagine. <laughs> Weighs as much as an African elephant. So there we go. We no, I'm sorry. We've had so many dinosaurs that weigh as much as an African elephant. And they can't all wear... <laughs> Well, maybe the African elephants don't all weigh the same. <laughs> Weighs as much as Sally, the African elephant. <laughs> uh, it was uh, from the late Cretaceous period. It flourished around 70 million years ago. Uh. It's a genus of the Tyrannosaurid theropod dinosaur. Now, remember when I said it was found around Mongolia and China. That is very important for the next bit. So, a guy, a paleontologist, I actually don't even know if he's a paleontologist or if he's just a guy. Is he a like paleontology a enthusiast? <laughs> I think so. We'll figure it out. Uh, Eric Prokobi. So in 2012, Eric Prokobi, we need to get really acquainted with this guy because he is fascinating. So he went to Mongolia, found uh, a Tabasaurus skeleton, brought it into the UK, and from there, he imported it into uh, the U.S. And <laughs> in declaring on the import customs form, <laughs> which is just, what are you carrying? Oh, this is a dinosaur skeleton. <laughs> like, okay, cool. Um, so he said that he found it in the U.K. Because Mongolia have written in its constitution that all dinosaur fossils are culturally significant and cannot be removed from Mongolia Fair. without government consent mm -hmm. and that's exactly what uh Procobi did okay so he cheated and he uh, lied and he got it into the u.s anyways and he started selling a shit ton of dinosaur skeletons mongolia found out <gasps> and they were like uh, uh you cannot do it and they uh sued him and demanded to get the uh the the skeleton back so those uh, Procobi was angry about this he started saying that uh well first of all it's already in the u.s are we in mongolia i don't think so 
So therefore, your little law doesn't work. Oh, no one cheeky. had any of that, right? No one had that. Mm-mm. He then said that um, because you can't just find this skeleton in Mongolia, you can also find it in China. He said you can't prove that it was in Mongolia and not in China. Mm-hmm. No one had that either. So he was arrested in October 2012 because of this skeleton and a few other skeletons. Uh, he was uh he was arrested. How many did he have? So many. No, so many. And he sold them for like a lot of money. Was it one trip or was it a lot of trips? I feel like it was a lot of trips. Yeah, because you've got to have a big it's bit of carry-on, ex- haven't it's, you? It's, very ex- it's expensive to have several. Couldn't have been right in there. <laughs> uh, so he was arrested on accounts of conspiracy to smuggle illegal goods, uh, possess, possessing stolen property and making false statements, one count of smuggling goods into the United States and one count of interstate sale and receipt, uh, receipt, recept, receipt, receipt of stolen goods. Okay, but when he then entered a plea bargain, he then agreed to help them find all the skeletons because apparently there's a huge black market for people just selling dinosaur skeletons illegally. It's a yeah. huge thing. And Procopio was one of like the main guys. And the second he got arrested, he was like, I'll, I'll tell you about all the others. <gasps> he and sold the f- out the rest of the dinosaur black market. And there's the funnest bit of um, like a transcript from the uh, court case yeah. of the conversation in the courtroom. So the assistant U.S. attorney, Martin Bell, was the guy who was prosecuting Procopi. And there's a point when he's uh, presenting the case to the judge. And he's like listing all these different types of skeletons that Procopi has helped remove. Uh, and part of that, he lists, so he makes this whole list, and then he goes, and then there was a second Tyrannosaurus skeleton. Then there was a dinosaur called an oviraptor, which is an egg-eating thing, Bell said. And then he goes on to say, I think a number of them stampeded in the 1996 movie Jurassic Park. It might have been 1992. Anyways, I was young and awestruck in any event, Your Honor. (laughs) Then the judge said, I missed the movie. Maybe I should go back and see it. And then uh, the assistant U.S. attorney says, well, every now and then it airs on TNT. Just having a great time in court. Like, oh yeah. What are you, what are you doing this weekend, Judge? Because uh, I hear it's playing on TNT. <laughs> um, so there was. Uh, so he was called a one-man black market in prehistoric fossils, Procopi. Right now, what a cool name! One of the skeletons that uh, he helped them get back mm. was a skeleton. That was bought, a very rare skeleton, that was bought by Hollywood actor Nicolas Cage, which he had, uh, it was between him and Leonardo DiCaprio, but Nicolas Cage uh, offered more money, so he won it in an auction. He paid uh, $276,000 for a very, very rare dinosaur skull. Uh, it was one of the 17 fossils that Eric Procopi helped the U.S. government uh, get back to Mongolia. Uh, and the same lawyer who prosecuted Nicolas Cage is Martin <laughs> Bell, who I believe ended up having a date with a judge <laughs> seeing Jurassic Park. <laughs> and this was one of many, many, many things that Nicolas Cage has just randomly bought. He owns like a castle, he owns an island, like he has just... <laughs> no control of his money and because of that Nicolas Cage um, forgot to pay some tax and got into a lot of trouble and then had to auction off all these things he owned like his island and he had to give back the skull to Mongolia Um, so Nicolas Cage uh, has been in I don't know if he still is but has been in a lot of debt the topic for today is debt (laughs) what a journey I can't believe that we ended with Nicolas Cage. You don't see it coming, do you? No. That was a beautiful journey. Thank that's you for taking us on it. That's why suddenly you're like, why is he doing so many shit films? Because yeah. he's broke as fuck. And it was a, a, one thing we're like, oh my God, he's now only worth $25 million. How does he live? Where, where? <laughs> what a shame. He'll have to work at some point. Nicolas Cage was the one that was in Wicker Man, right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, he was in uh, Con Air. Oh, what a film. 
Oh, it was so good. Have you ever seen Con Air? I haven't. No, you're 12. It's so good. You realise we're doing exactly what they did in that court, okay? <laughs> I hear it airs on TNT sometimes. Do you want to... <laughs> what are you doing this weekend, Your Honour? <laughs> <laughs> the circles! Okay. Um, so can I tell you why I wanted to talk about... <laughs> First of all, like, when we talk about debt... Mm. I mean, money is always a bit of a weird kind of topic to talk about, but I feel like in Britain it's more so. Like, you don't you don't talk about money really, do you? No. No. Okay, cool. It's been a, <laughs> it's been a great podcast. And, uh, <laughs> just, it's a weird all one. the British people in the room just went... <laughs> <laughs> don't talk about it. Uh, I, I think, especially with Brexit happening, I think debt is like a particular awkward uh, thing at the moment for everyone yeah but that's not it's not because there's embarrassment about it you feel ashamed mm. I mean it's not like I'm not. as we should what? someone just went yeah from the corner <laughs> <laughs> everyone's just completely lost all their energy now yeah we should be ashamed <laughs> so I got um I've only lived in the UK for about five years, so obviously I don't know how anything works yet. So I got uh, a phone call from a debt-collecting company. And, I mean, there's so many scam calls, and I wasn't sure if that was one of them. It was just someone calling me saying, are you Sophie Hagen? Is, what is your address? And I was like, ah, baby, fuck off. And I made them, like, send me a letter until I was absolutely certain this was, like, a debt-collecting company and it was, like, an official thing. And they kept saying, like, you owe a lot of money, you have to pay now. And I was like, I don't know where I owe this money to and how much is it and who do I owe it? And they were like, tax. I was like, but I, I'm, I paid my tax, so I don't know, like, did I pay enough? Like, I have an accountant to do that sort of stuff because I don't know about this country. I don't know how things work. So that should be dealt with. And she wouldn't tell me how much I owed and... There's a, there's a huge, like it's, if it's 50 pounds, I'll survive. If it's 200,000 pounds, I'll die, right? So mm. I was like, you need to tell me what the fuck this is because I don't know anything. So what had happened was, and I can hear this now. <laughs> so there was some tax that my accountant insinuated <laughs> was voluntary. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> and, oh, yeah, I can hear it so now. That, oh, yeah. But not like as in you'll never, but just like if you don't pay it now, you'll just pay it later. And I was like, cool, I'll just pay it later. <laughs> That's not how it works. You pay it at that particular time. You're talking about the weird midly bit of tax, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, <sighs> the Ju- July bit. That little fucker. Yeah. Mm. You say little. Um, so <laughs> so what happened was they had sent me letters. Mm. But I'd moved, and I thought I'd told them where I'd moved to, but apparently I hadn't. I thought that happened automatically. Apparently it doesn't. So it was just a big misunderstanding. I wasn't trying to run away. But they treated, like, they shouted at me as if I was trying to escape tax. She was really like, yeah, you have to pay this immediately. And I was like, tell me how much. It was like 1,200 pounds, which is still, like, shitting hell, not something I had in my account. Yeah. And I was like, okay, okay. Um, she wouldn't tell me for ages, and I was, like, getting really desperate because I didn't know what it was. And she kept being like, you have to pay it now, you have to pay it now. And I was like, first of all, you don't know what it is. And also, I, I'll pay it, like, calm down. And <laughs> eventually, <laughs> so she told me the amount. And I was like, okay, I guess I can pay that before. And I was, like, trying to figure out, like, with invoices being paid and shows I was doing and trying to kind of calculate when I could have this amount of money ready. And... Um, I was like, right, I can pay maybe before February, maybe before March, if that's okay, or do you want me to do it quicker? And then at one point she was like, just so you know, if you don't pay this on time, there'll be loads of interest, and we'll have to call you again and again, and we might have to contact people in your life, and we might have to send you letters, and we're not going to stop calling you until you pay this. And I, and I, don't, like, I don't like being rude, but I just completely snapped. And I was like, oh, yeah, that'll help. Like, that'll get me more money. Thank you for doing that. Because that means I'll just earn more money, I guess. Because I'm just sitting here on my mountain of money, choosing not to pay anything because I love paying interest. And she was like, oh, no, no, I get your point. I was like, yeah. I was like, how fucking dare, how fucking dare she to be threatening when I'm like an adult person? And I was just, I'm I'm lucky. Like, I'm so lucky because I, I will pay it. And then I had a friend who was like... I'm not going to let you be abused by some woman all the time, so I'm going to lend you the money, interest-free, pay whenever. So that's really, really lucky. And I think I was just, I was so outraged, and I was like, just, 
I just I'm still really outraged because like I'm lucky to be in that position. It was a misunderstanding, and I'll I've paid it now. But like she talks like that to people who cannot pay it, yeah. who knew that it was going to have to be paid, who can't might already be struggling with rents and other bills and electricity, and and she they have the, her and she, the woman on the phone probably just needed a job and then she had that job and that's also a shitty job to have but that's probably what she needs to do to make her money but it just becomes this like this horrible trap of just like 1200 pounds it's a lot of money but like <laughs> call amazon like <laughs> maybe ask them to pay a few billion in tax yeah like did they pay that like it's, uh, it was the it was a tone and it was the thought of my mother getting that phone call when I was eight mm. and like how stressed and like for the five minutes where she wouldn't tell me the amount, my whole body was on lockdown. Like I could feel the stress and the, the like I couldn't really breathe properly. And I was so scared. And then, and like having that every single day, like it really put me into the, like my mother's shoes from my like the first 20 years of my life, basically yeah. of just like how poor we were and how horrible it is to be treated like that mm. and how scary it is that, oh, this is more interest then. And then you just never be able to pay. You're just paying interest for the rest of your life. And that's why I wanted to talk about this fun topic on this fun comedy podcast. <laughs> I, I mean, I think it's really good to talk about it. I think there is, there is such a discomfort about talking about debt, which is like part of the problem, right? It's how it happens in the first place sometimes. And yeah, I think it's good to talk about it. Do you have debt? Uh, I have student debt. I have student debt of £67,000 because I started university after the fees went up. <laughs> um, and then the uh, loan was sold off to a private... So the fees went up to 9000 a year. And then uh, the debt was sold off to a private company. And so now the interest rate isn't fixed, which is not what was advertised in the first place. So now the interest rate just os just oscillates in a sort of fun little fun little wiggle that it does. I say wiggle, steep incline. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I just have a lot of debt because I uh, obviously couldn't I couldn't afford to go to uni, so I needed to get uh, the maximum maintenance grant. I was offered a grant, but in order to act, which would have been enough money, but you're not allowed to get the grant unless you also take out the maximum maintenance loan. So I had to take out money that would accumulate interest in order to get any money at all, if that makes sense. Mm. Um, so now I just, I have a lot of debt. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> and that is my debt. I th it's, very, it's very surreal. I don't know if there are other people in the room that like went to uni at the same time that I did, but it's a very surreal amount of debt to have because I'm from a working class family who really uh, say no to debt where wherever they possibly can. Like my family would never go on a holiday and pay it back. Like they're very firm believers that either the money is there or it's not there. And if the money is there, then you try and save it because it's not going to be there for very long. And there's not really ever any money that's just there. Because we, we had the exact opposite where I think everything we owned was... Um paid like on a monthly basis for mm. like five years yeah, yeah. at a time um, because we just never had enough money to buy a thing so yeah. like a washing machine or a fridge or whatever yeah, yeah. so it also I think there's something about growing up with deprivation is that what it's called you know, yeah deprived of things because um, I remember getting my credit a credit card when I was 18 and you could just have uh, what's it called withdraw no what's it called when you um, overdraft you could just do overdraft oh yeah and it was like the first time I had access to money and and I, I said to them, like, you sure don't want to give me like a debit card so I can't. And they were like, no, 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 you're 18, you'll be fine. <sighs> I where, was where? not, I bought yeah. so much stuff and I couldn't control, it was like a compulsion. I had to just try and fill this void that I've been like, f well, still trying to fill that void. <laughs> Daddy Hilton, daddy Hilton. <laughs> but um, yeah, that ended up with I think eight, eight, nine grand worth of wow. debt when I was twenty-four, yeah. and I had nothing to show for it. Like I didn't have a thing. Like my friends were like putting in um, uh, like amounts for like 
get a flat at some point. And I was just like, I got nothing. I don't know what I've spent this money on. Mm. And I paid that off a few years ago, the bank loan. But, I mean, it was just... And then they they have the the nerve to call you. Be like, when are you going to pay? Fuck you, you did this. You gave an 18-year-old a credit card. Like, Mm. urging you to... No, no, I'm not happy with it. Um, (laughs) But then I have my student debt as well, which I I genuinely don't know. But then that's like the, the way Denmark works. I got... I called them, so I was like, how do we do the student debt payment thing? And she went, oh, our system is down right now. Um, why don't you just, um, over the next year, you just pay whatever you want, and then we can have another call in a year. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. They're like, please come to university. We'll pay you. <laughs> I think mine accumulates like several grand of interest every year now. And I'm just like, it's just because there's, I would have to be earning so much money to even cover the interest on it that it it is there is no point even thinking about it because I know that I won't be earning the 60 grand a year I'd need to be earning to like pay pay off the interest and begin to pay it back that I'm just like well I had to go to university to sort of escape my like because I didn't have any economic privilege while I was growing up so I was like well I'm lucky I get to go to university I'll go and do that I'll get the tiny stamp of legitimacy and then I'll pursue a comedy career um <laughs> and pay back that 67,000 pounds. Um, <laughs> but it's just not worth thinking about. Because I didn't have a, I didn't, I don't feel like I really had a choice in going because it was my only way out. And then I got the debt and other debts there. I can't do anything about the interest rate. I'm fairly sure that interest rate is illegal. There's nothing we can do about it. And it's just, it's just there. Does it stress you out? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I I had a thing happen this year where I uh, was between legal addresses and it was also at the time where the student, uh, I went self-employed and then I needed to declare my legal address for my student finance and they were like, well, you can't, they were chasing me for updates and payments, but I also couldn't give them a fixed address. Mm. And so I couldn't declare as self-employed and then I couldn't get the it sorted. And that was awful because I just, I had no control over my like finances in that time. And they put me on the higher, if you disappear for a while or you don't, you can't like provide your uh, status of like being employed or not, blah, 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 blah. Then they put you on this like surprise, extra special high rate of interest, um, which also happens if you just like go abroad without letting them know. I was on this incredibly high interest rate for like a month while I was just like trying to get an address sorted out and trying to declare myself as self-employed. And yeah, that was that was very stressful. The rest of the time, I'm just sort of waiting for when um, the housing market collapses in on itself. <laughs> Um, and the revolution happens and we we overthrow uh, the people we need to overthrow and uh, the, the debt sort of just magically disappears and then um, Zelda Warrior Princess <laughs> I've combined that with Zelda just because I've been playing it too much on my friend's Switch this week <laughs> Xena Warrior Princess just gives me a house for free How do we... Um how do we do that? I'm really into this revolution thing. <laughs> we have that happen. You just knock three times on the table and you go, Zena, Zena, Zena. <laughs> and she appears. <laughs> it's incredible. It feels like such a... Um, it's just a treatment of poor people or, the, or how everything always leads back to poverty. Mm. Like most horrible things, it's just about people getting richer off of poor people. It's so expensive to be poor. It yeah. is so expensive to be poor. That is so true. It's so expensive to be poor. I think the thing that we had that we were paying for bit by bit was our car. That mm. was the thing we were paying for bit by bit. And that was like the interest rates on that. Like I, we paid for that for, I don't, I don't even know how long. We had the same shitty car with like two doors where the back felt like it was a sarcophagus that you'd like climbed into. Yeah. Can I, here's a question. So, don't get me wrong. It's going to sound worse than it is. Please. <laughs> it sounds really boring. Mm. Like, talking about, like, in, there's the words interest rate. Like, but 
it's not just boring, but it's also just like it sounds complicated. Like it's my second language, but it's not like I don't speak English. And still, like just hearing about it just makes me go. Phew. And I feel like that in itself is also a like call it if you just called it something that made sense that was a bit fun. <laughs> like where you could, you know, Nancy's <laughs> gift. <laughs> and then you pay Nancy a little. Lo- lovey amount each month. Yeah, this is something about like I think it's like intentionally trying to tire you out. Because when mm. I had to learn about taxes in the UK, I was like, "You don't actually want me to know this. You've made the rules so complicated. We're using so many difficult words. You just you want me yeah. to pay interest for this at some point because it, it's not actually clear if tax is mandatory. <laughs> <laughs> that is what we're known for." Just letting people off. <laughs> I just thought I could pay it later. <laughs> I was never going to pay it. I just thought I could add it to the other tax. I just saw, I just... Um, oh, bless you. That sounds so stressful. Yeah, but like for five minutes. Which yeah. is why I got really angry at yeah. her. It's not her. It's just not her fault. But still fucking imagine having that job. Just calling people. Like, And I, I looked up this... Uh, they were called... Ad- advances and I looked them up to make sure they were a, a proper company and um, there were so pe- people explaining how they like got uh, gotten in touch with them on social media mm. had contact with their family it's like trying to shame them into paying and it's just that logic I don't understand like that's not gonna people people want to pay their bills because it's so stressful to have that over it's not like a choice yeah and then I think I'm just not gonna pay it this week that just doesn't happen I just it's just so me like I just don't want to <laughs> I just don't want to I just my, classic Cynthia <laughs> um my my mom she got a promotion like she's worked in the same factory for like 50 years um and at like the lowest lowest minimum wage um and then she got a promotion and she <laughs> She shouted at her boss because he was like, "Yeah, you're getting it. So you're getting a bit more money, and that also means that you get a bit more. There's all these like terms for like extra holiday days or extra something and a lower blah blah. And then he was also like explaining her like you're gonna have to pay less tax now than you did before. And my mom just was like, she was like, that doesn't make sense. I needed all those things when I was paid the minimum wage." That's yeah. when I needed the extra holidays, and that's when I needed to pay less tax. That's when I needed the money, and now I'm going to be richer and then more rich. Like she was, <laughs> this boss was like, I thought it was a good thing that I was giving you more money. <laughs> and she was like, that's so fucking unfair that now I can survive, and then you just like, keep giving me things. Yeah. I, kind of, I like her for that. She's like, oh, oh I get money now. Ah. <laughs> 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 Bullshit. <laughs> Smash. <laughs> <laughs> I think it's it's not the funnest of topics, but I I feel really good talking about it, just getting it out. Why it becomes such a shame thing? It is a massive shame thing because I my I feel like if you're already poor, if debt happens and it sets you back, it's so difficult to climb out of that hole. Like it's so so hard because I mean you were lucky you had a friend that bailed you out. Super lucky, yeah. But if you don't have that, or if you don't have like the next big paycheck coming in or you can't like liquidate but you keep the house like if you can't do things like that if you don't already have assets it really fucks you mm. it happened to my family we um my stepdad like didn't tell my mom that he was in debt they moved in together they got like they got an asset together blah blah <laughs> blah uh, i was the asset um <laughs> asset number one um he stopped investing in me. <laughs> I um, yeah, but it was like a big shock. Like he'd been hiding all of this debt. It set us back as a family, and we just never it affected us until I left home. Like it really, I don't think we ever really got over that. And I think there's so, there's something about like the insecurity of not knowing where you're at financially that happens like with debt or with like suspended payments. Like at one point, my family. Uh, our housing situation was that we were living in an area of town where housing benefit didn't fully cut. We were living in a privately rented house that got housing benefit paid to it because we were living in Cambridge. All the council housing in Cambridge got sold off because it's very pretty. (laughs) Um, So the rich took it. (laughs) And um, so we had like housing benefit being paid to a private landlord 
but the private landlord's rent was higher than housing benefit was. So they they raised it, but also we weren't going to be rehoused because there was no other housing. Um, And the upshot of this was that every month my mum had to write to the discretionary housing payment office to get the difference between the rent that the government would pay or like the, the, the local like housing ombudsman would pay to the private landlord. She would have to apply to get the difference in money between that housing benefit and the rent they were asking for every single month and it was paid in arrears. So she would have to get to the end of the month and hope that we would get granted the extra money again, even though there was like no other recourse, nowhere else to go. And so, so much, some months it just wasn't granted and then we would be in debt. And I think that like not having that stability just do, like does something to people. It's so, so bad for your mental health, lol. <laughs> it's physical. Yeah. The stress is so physical. Yeah, it's so physical. It's really debilitating. And that's why I think it's so weird that we don't talk about it because it just adds that like extra layer of shame to it where it's this, th- this thing that is so incredibly stressful but you also are absolutely not allowed to talk about it with anyone at all. Do you find that it's the same in Denmark or is that a particularly British I thing? I feel like it's a bit less, but it's still there. Like it's still not a... It's, it was still... Like when I was the poorest kid in my class it was still an embarrassment to be dressed the way I was dressed so like in general poverty is still a bit embarrassing mm. I think maybe in Denmark it's quite bad because we don't I don't know anymore because I'm not there but I feel like when I was there we didn't really want to acknowledge that there were poor people because we do have quite good infrastructure and we do have quite a good system well we did have quite a good system we did have people could The benefits and stuff were fine. So, like, our level of poverty wasn't the worst um, compared to what I've heard stories from from the UK. But I think it's getting there now. So that doesn't go anywhere. But it was still... um, I don't think I knew, though, until I started doing this job and then accidentally sometimes mix with rich people. I went to... I had a dinner in a restaurant in London mm. when I was still like a super 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 broke comedian <laughs> last week <laughs> and uh, and it was just cheaper than going all the way back to, to, to Streatham to cook porridge because transportation is expensive <laughs> great country and um, <laughs> and then the waiter came over and he said how would you like to pay cash card or do you want to do the dishes and I was like oh my god I'd love to do the dishes that would be amazing and he just went um Oh, uh, no, I'm sorry. We uh, we don't we, uh, we don't do you can't do that. And I was like, oh, oh, we were we were being rich together, laughing at all the poor people yeah. who would do the dishes. And I was like, oh, is that was that funny? Ha ha ha! And he was just like, I'm terribly sorry. I was like, yeah. Give me the dishes now. <laughs> Give them to me. I'll lick them clean. <laughs> it's it's just like when you when you realize, oh, you think I'm, oh, you think I'm one of you now. You think yeah. that's. And then we can just look down on all the poor... Oh, fuck. Oh, that happens to me all the time. Because I I have a deceptively luxurious voice. Um, (laughs) I actually... When I was at school and throughout university, people... Because I have a a short name, which is frowned upon by the ruling classes. and um, Oh, yeah. I have a short name. You should have a longer version of your name for formal certificates. What do you mean? Jody... Great point. There is no longer Jodina, version of Jodie. Actually, the thing I was always asked was, "Is your long name Jodelina?" Jodelina. It's Jodelina not a name. Jodelina Mitchell. Do you have a middle name? Eleanor. Jodelina Eleanor Mitchell. Except my uh, my it's my nana's name. My family are working class Scottish people, so it's actually pronounced Elna. Jodelina Eleanor. <laughs> I didn't want to do the accent, but if I had done it, it would be perfect. <laughs> uh, wait, that's a thing. The longer a name you have, the better you are. Not like the longer the name you have, the better you are. But like, if you have a name that sounds like it's shortened, it's like terror. It's really quote unquote trashy. Someone told me to not have. <laughs> like as your legal name the longer version of it so like it would be terrible to call your child charlie legally rather than charles and then have charlie as a pet name i know vom 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 hashtag vom 
But it's also um, like, you just don't know those rules, do you, until you're in it. Yeah. And they're like, oh, was I not meant to do that? <laughs> the cunt rules, I call them. <laughs> um, but it's, gr- it's great in a way, because then you get, you can you can sort of stealthily hear things that you wouldn't have been allowed to hear otherwise, which is really intriguing. Like, when I was at school, I was once in class with someone that uh, started to talk about um, the bursary campaign calling her parents, because my school had a really good bursary campaign um, that one was very lucky to benefit from. And they had a thing where they would get the sixth form students to like ring around all of the richest parents and be like, do you want to feel like you're less of an atrocious banker? Give to the bursary campaign. Um, and she's like, uh, bursary campaign. Um, they called my parents last night and I'm just absolutely disgusted by it because, you know, they should have worked harder. Should have just worked harder. And it was a, my school was a sort of school where you had like eight people in a class as well. So there was no getting away from the words of and uh yeah i was just i was just sort of sitting there shocked because she really hadn't worked hard either you know i'm just like how do you you genuinely think that because your parents did something you're more entitled to a better education than me and you really you really really think that if people work hard they'll have money and you really really haven't read the statistics that show that actually the vast majority of people on housing benefits are in full-time work. It just doesn't pay enough. The stupidity of the rich is overwhelming and constant. Oh, seriously, fuck the rich. I it's know. The, like when I worked for uh, UNICEF and Danish Refugee Council in fundraising, like, so I, was, I would be um, in telemarketing, and so my job to call people and say, please give money for uh, refugees or for children, and blah, blah, blah. And uh, I was saying it in a better way than that. Rah, 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 just do it or whatever. Um, and like when you got someone who was like, listen, so people would say like, I'm a single mother, I have three kids, I'm struggling to make ends meet, but of course, of course, I can give nine pounds a month because for this course, like of course I can, we can all. And then you would talk to people who were like rich CEOs, and they'd be like, hmm, no, I don't think so. Like it was every single time, the poorer the people were, the more they were likely to give, and it was the rich cunts who were just like. Oh, uh, like because I would also I would also work in the streets for like street fundraising, and uh, and you could oh uh, like men with fur like big fur coats being like <laughs> convince me, and then people who were just on their way to work in a rush would just sign up. Uh, it was all, rich people are the fucking worst, and there's nothing you can say to convince me otherwise. I love the idea of you <laughs> just having a parade of men in fur coats <laughs> <laughs> just going past. <laughs> But I think my, 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 hate, my hatred for, for rich people really made me really good at my job. I was so good at manipulating them. So good. But usually you'd be like, well, you can get uh, tax benefits if you donate to charity. They'd be like, go on. And I was like, yeah, some tax is voluntary, actually. You don't actually have to pay it. It's great. And years later, she was tripped by her own words. <laughs> Do you want to... Should we do the uh, goodnight story? I think it is time for the goodnight story. Yeah. Now we've fixed um, debt. <laughs> we've resolved that. And Phew. I think this is... This is the first... Mm. Or we should explain for people listening. Oh, yeah. This is the part of the podcast where we celebrate our favourite kink, which is, of course... Dinosaur erotica. Yeah. It's just a gorgeous thing. We're not shaming it. We are celebrating it. Um, and... A wonderful listener has taken it upon themselves to write some porn for us. It's um, the first listener submission we yeah. have. It has ignited the the um, new thing, which is on our website, sugardinosocult.com. There's now a button called Submit Your Porn. <laughs> <laughs> So I never thought this would be a part it. of my job, but I'm really glad that it is. And I haven't heard this one yet. I've been waiting and for I, you to I read it. And I skimmed it. I didn't read it completely because okay. I, I wanted to do it here in front of people. Uh, I kind of want to read their, their little message to us because it's very, very sweet. Cool. So, um, and I didn't get, I haven't put their name anywhere because so I wasn't sure if they wanted it to be said. <laughs> I just thought, better not. <laughs> That's <laughs> the safest version, isn't it? Hi, Jodie and Sophie. Um, I love it when it starts with, um, <laughs> no one's really sure about this, are they? So this is by far the most awkward thing I've ever sent to anyone or ever written. 
I really thought after listening to the show that it would be no big deal and that I could totally write some smutty dinosaur text. I couldn't. I couldn't even write the masturbation part because I, at that point, had thought too much about dinosaurs. <laughs> is there such a thing as thinking too much about dinosaurs? I don't think so. This is how far I got, though. You're welcome to use it on the podcast, but I'm guessing you probably won't want to. <laughs> think again. Uh, it hasn't been edited by anyone at all because who on earth would want to? <laughs> I guess this is a general dino porn problem. <laughs> uh, the title is... Dinosaur Forest Hump. <laughs> Ash was aware that their purple curls and badass vegan Dr. Martens might be a little different in the South American jungle, and they were, compared to the other dinosaur researchers, definitely a lot harder. With a crooked smile, dimples, and dark brown eyes, Ash looked like an Austrian non-binary dream date. <laughs> Looking around at the other researchers, all Ash could see was khakis and camouflage, a few greasy ponytails on some of the guys, while the rest of the uh, guys, while the rest of the crew were here to research dinosaur poo. <laughs> I think that's a scientific term, and other old dinosaur bits that Ash had no interest in. Ash was here to research dinosaur sex. Ash had only taken the flight from their home country because the people behind the world-famous secret dinosaur cult had gotten their third publishing deal. <laughs> After publishing the successful books, The Scottish Gay Agenda, and Don't Tell Me to Hugo While I'm Fucking, <laughs> Jody and Sophie had set out to uncover the true nature of dinosaur sex while pissing off every single paleontologist on Earth. <laughs> Paleontologists are pricks would be the title of the third book. <laughs> but since Jody and Sophie were busy with their fifth world tour, all right, they had, they had recruited Ash. Ash was the foremost historical genitalia scientist in the world and had risen to fame for being the only scientist in the world who didn't get aroused by looking at a Sasquatch. <laughs> are you also scared this is turning into a just Yumi and Ash porn? I fucking love it. Ash is great. <laughs> but it was different with the new species of ornithischian dinosaurs they had recently discovered here. Not mm. only were they alive and hiding in the rainforest, they were also among some of the only dinosaurs that could actually <laughs> stick out their tongues. <laughs> there was just something so fucking sexy about these large and strong creatures with their long tongues and short arms. Why would you ever want to fuck any other dinosaur when you could enjoy the touch of this majestic beast, thought Ash. So one morning, after brushing their teeth with a bamboo toothbrush and spraying on a little cologne, Ash went into the rainforest alone with only a dental dam. And it says, protect yourselves, kids, and a blanket. <laughs> the further into the rainforest Ash went, the more aroused they became, thinking about the scaly touch of the dinosaur and how it might use its tongue in motions no human had ever felt before. Ash quickly decided to just lie down and get started on their own. A quick one in the forest clearing couldn't hurt. The dinosaur would come soon enough. <laughs> P.S. I'm writing my thesis and would do anything to avoid it. This is my excuse for writing this and I'm sticking to it. <laughs> <laughs> that was gorgeous. I, love I loved the level of, of detail. Yeah. The bamboo toothbrush. It wouldn't the have tons. been erotica without it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very excited. <sighs> oh, wow. That's me now. So, <laughs> submit your own <laughs> on secretdinosaurcult.com. Mm. Uh, you are now members of the cult because you have listened to this episode and also you are present here in the room if you are that. <laughs> that means you need to know about our secret cult greeting, which is uh, if you see myself or Jody or myself and Jody in the street, in public, uh, and you want to let us know that you are part of the cult, what you need to do is you need to put your, your hands behind your heads and kind of put them out in a frill, like the Dilophosaurus in Jurassic Park. And then you need to go... <laughs> and then we, uh, to show you that we see you, we know what you're doing. We love you. Mm. We then go. <clears throat> Holy shit! What was that, Terence? What was that? <laughs> why would you? Why would you just do that to a stranger in the street? Who's Terence? <laughs> and that's how you'll know. 
That's how you'll know that you're part of the cult. (laughs) Okay. Um, I think the person of the week this week is actually one of my favourite people in the entire world. Uh, She is an amazing comedian um, and her name is Chloe Petz. And I'd like to plug her in particular on this episode because she is doing um, a show at Vault Festival called Alpha uh, and it's all about masculinity and her own excellent levels of masculinity you should totally go and check it out because she is one of the funniest people i know um she helps run the lol word which is my like queer all women and non-binary night and she is just one of my favorite people on the circuit so go and check out chloe pets follow her on twitter check out all her stuff but definitely definitely go and see her show at vault festival so sophie Mm -hmm. what do you have coming up that people should go to a book I have a book coming out on the 2nd of May, I believe. It's called Happy Fat, and it's about how it's fucking okay to be fat. That's the subtitle I was not allowed to put on the book. <laughs> Instead of something happy fat, love your body, something like that. But it's about how it's fucking okay to be fat, and you can pre-order it until 2nd of May, and then you can just buy it normally. And I'm going on a book-slash-stand-up tour in April, May, June of 2019, uh, all around the UK. Uh, doing Bubble Wrap, my first show, which is about body image, and uh, doing reading stuff from Happy Fat and book signings and um, I'll autograph your boobs and stuff. And um, <laughs> I have another podcast called Made of Human. And I am going to Denmark to do two shows in April, 8th and 10th of April. I'm going to Copenhagen and Aarhus uh, to do my brand new show, The Bum Swing. That is its title, and I am sticking by it. <laughs> Jodie, what do you have to plug? I have specials coming up with my all women and non-binary queer comedy collective, The Law Word. And we're doing them at Vault Festival in January, February, and March is a prom special. Ooh, the queerness. Um, so you should come and see that. I think it's on the 25th of January and the 15th of February and March. And I also uh, will be in a show at the Yard Theatre with my drag king troupe, Pex, uh, which is called Sex, Sex, Men, Men. And it's going to be steamy and intellectual. <laughs> uh, please follow us on social media and stuff. We post a lot of fun stuff. I posted a photo of a dinosaur with a Christmas hat. So That's pretty good. So Instagram at Secret <laughs> Dinosaur Cult, Twitter at Secret Dino Cult, Facebook, we're everywhere. Uh, we now have a Patreon. You go to patreon.com forward slash Secret Dinosaur Cult, I assume. I assume it's something like that. Yeah. Secret, Secret Dinosaur Cult, something like that. And uh, you can uh, donate some money to um, help us avoid debt in the future. <laughs> to help me pay my taxes. <laughs> <clears throat> Uh, and to help us uh, set up shows in fun places like, for example, Wimborne Minster, where we notoriously have a huge fan base. <laughs> SecretDinosaurCult.com is also where you can find tickets for future live shows, and it's a lot of fun. You've been <laughs> absolutely brilliant, and thank yeah. you so much for coming. You have been listening to Secret Dinosaur Cult, a Dying Alone Limited production. Produced by Justine McNichol, jingled by Harriet Brain, and artwork by Gavin Snart and Annalise Snapper. Secret Dinosaur Cult was recorded at the Pleasance Theatre. Thank you for listening! Yeah, it's all good, isn't it? I've given up now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> so, please, please come back. And Sophie, <laughs> Sophie will be feeling better. Um, just, this is an example of what you might hear when you come to a lab recording. <laughs> uh, stuff that will be edited out uh, later. <laughs> but if you're here, you now know things. Uh, do come to a live show. I think every single person in this uh, stadium can attest... <laughs> Thank you, Wembley. (laughs) That is a lot of fun. And uh, I love doing these live shows. And trust me, there's a lot that gets edited out. (laughs) Oh, I have so much. This is so difficult. There's so much I want to talk about that I can't talk about Mm. because of people listening to the podcast. (laughs) There we go. 12 seconds in.
We have to actually have like a session just before we come on where we're like, so what can you not talk about this time? <laughs> just to get like all of the juicy gossip out of the way. It's because I have a and it's really bad. Yeah, it's so really we can't bad. talk about that. Because she listens. Please just do it. Just do it. That never happened. We have to edit that out. Shit. What? I'll tell you afterwards. Oh, okay. Oops. You know what? That's the beauty of the edit. Oh, f- we're going to have to kill the whole audience. Um, <laughs> oh, sorry. <laughs> I was really trying to know. Justine, edit this out. Edit this out. Edit right now. Yeah, I'm now going to it's return to my though. normal voice so that we c- yeah. can fully edit it out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Holy shit. Justine, okay. we just never fall out with Justine. Oh my God, could you imagine... She has so shit, much like shit what? on us. Like my, I'm blushing. I'm actually blushing. So much charm!